What I want to ask you, and I was thinking about this last night, I was thinking back to 1971 and the uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh World Series and watching Bruce Keeson pitch, and it was a night game. It was the first time they'd ever played a night game in the World Series. And I said to myself right then instinctively, I said, this is the end, man. This is not, this is not good. And so the World Series went from something where you snuck out of school to find out the results or you, the nun would let you bring in a port of, uh, transistor radio. Or, it meant something. It was part of the society. It wasn't just a television show like it is now that you can't even make it to the end of. How does the Grey Cup stand up with that comparison? Is, is, is it going the way of the World Series? It's organic. It's an organic, as opposed to the Super Bowl, it's an organic. That's event. what I was wondering. Okay, yeah. The people who are coming into my city, and this is in Calgary where the game is this weekend, the people who are coming into my city have, have gone every year for 24 years, 18 years, 30 years, whatever it is. There's people who still come every year to the Great Cup game from Baltimore because they remember the Bomber Stallions that won the, with the Great Cup in that ill-fated American expansion. So there's something, there's something organic about the Great Cup. It's not where uh, every uh, car dealer sends his best customer or you know, sales manager takes his best salesperson, whatever it is. Uh, that, that, uh, that, uh, that is not what it is. That's what the Super Bowl is. But this is where people come every year to see the same people, go to the Spirit of Edmonton, to, to drink watered beer, uh, to slosh around in a cold town, walk around outside because you know you got to walk from place to place. This is not a this is not a uh, those fantastic buses and trams and all that stuff again that you get at the Super Bowl. This is people walking from place to place, and there'll be some slush and snow here on the ground. The weather's going to be mild. That'll be okay. But they they trench from place to place, and they see each other for you know as they do every year at this time, and it's a party. And the football game is. The football game, I wouldn't say, is irrelevant to that, but but it's not it's not as huge a part of the thing as the as the game as the celebration as the Super Bowl game is, and uh, and that's because people don't bet on the Great Cup game the way they bet on the Super Bowl. How else do you explain it, media? Because you made a you're living a, for a long time as being a media expert on sports media. How much does that play a role? Um, there was a time. There was a time. When every newspaper in Canada, if you were a writer for a small paper in the Maritimes or Interior BC or whatever, uh, you would get sent to the Great Cup game. It was kind of a perk of, of, of the jobs in those days. And so you had people from your community, smaller communities, who were going to this game. And there was, you know, it provided a more organic uh, kind of thing for for, uh, for the fans and for, and for the culture. There, you know, nowadays there's what three newspapers and, and four TV channels, mm. and that's about it. Every, everything is centralized. So there's no, there's never any sense that uh, Joe Buflisk, who usually covers junior hockey and, and, and the local things in our town, is there at the big game uh, telling us about what it's like. And, you know, I wrote a column this week on my website, Not the Public Broadcaster, talking about one of Alberta's grievances within the Confederation is that we're, we're trying to say that the grand narrative is gone. The, the grand Canadian narrative is gone, and I think I've used this line with you before. The Canada really is nothing more than the equalization payments in hockey. That's what's holding this whole thing together at the moment. But the Great Cup reminds you of a time when there was a sort of a grand bargain. There was a, 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 a notion of who Canadians were and, and who they are uh, that that exists still today in certain parts of the country, but has largely been 
subsumed in, a, in an urban kind of mass uh, where the hipsters are more into NBA and all that sort of stuff, and the CFL is just too cheesy for them. But, but there are those people, and they do remind you when you get here that, that there was a kind of a grand narrative about Canadians all mucking together in this highly imperfect country and, and sharing the load and, and creating you know, socialized medicine and all those kind of things. That was, that was the narrative in this country for a long time. And, 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 and my column, the point of my column is, to a large extent, that now it's, our country is just, is just a series of boutiques across the country that, where you go and shop for what you want. And uh, it doesn't have to relate to anybody else. These are the same two teams that played maybe the most famous Grey Cup game ever. It took two days to complete it. The famous Fog Bowl. I don't even know if you were born yet. It was a long time ago. I was, I was in college in the United States, and it was on television between the teams that are playing this weekend. Do, yeah. you, do you remember anything about that game? Absolutely. I mean, this was the time when I came into sort of consciousness about football and the Grey Cup game. Really? For my parents, it was a big deal. Like, my parents... You know, my dad used to go follow the Alouettes, and and, uh, and and it was a big deal. Even even university football was a big deal in those days. But, yes, I remember the, that series of, of, of uh, years in which it was uh, Bud Grant, the, the legendary NFL and CFL coach, Bud Grant, was, was running uh, the Blue Bombers with Kenny Plain as the quarterback. And it was Jim Trimble was the coach for the Tiger Cats, and Bernie Filoni and Angelo Mosca and that crew were the, were the guys who played for the Tiger Cats. And they met. A series of times in the 1960s, for a while it was almost monotonous that they got together, uh, but but it, that was the tradition, and that's where kind of my uh, CFO watching started. And 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 you know, as an Alouettes fan, it took a long time before we finally got a great, into a Grey Cup, let alone won one uh, towards the end of that decade. So we had to watch those guys every year, and and I don't remember the Fog Bowl per se, or watching it on TV and having to come back the next day. But I do remember people talking about it and it being an interesting. I mean, it's just so incredible that they're they're down by the water and the fog rolls in, and you literally can't see your hand in front of your face. Uh, and and the, but those you know you the last time you and I talked we talked about f- fake fields and uh, and real grass on fields and stuff. And again, this is an era where the weather and the conditions were important. Last question: How much does maintaining uniforms like that play a role in maintaining the game? The the Stampeders colors are still the same. Red they, they used to be red and white. Now they're red, white, and black. But but the, the you wouldn't recognize the the uniform today from what it was back. In 1971, when they when they uh, we had the Leon McQuay famous fumble against the Argonauts, and that was a famous Stampeder team. Uh, we don't really have that much connection to the uniforms anymore because it, the Tiger Cats uniforms are sort of the same. Uh, Winnipeg's have changed significantly. Um, I can't think of any others that kind of look the same. The Alouettes. Okay, you're right. Okay. Okay. Every week they had a different uniform, but the colors are kind of still the same. And I, I, I don't think that, I don't think there's that type of thing. But there is, you know, there there is also the rooting interest. I, I'm sorry I didn't remember this earlier, but there is also the thing where people have to make the decision: Am I going to che- which team am I going to cheer for? And a lot of people still cheer for the East if they're from the East, or from the West or if they're from the West. It, it's still still you know a part of the mentality that us against them, and that still kind of exists a little bit. Uh, obviously, the political backdrop would would underscore that, but but in a much more nice, benign way. That well, look, these are our folks, and if they beat our team here in the West or they beat our team in the East, then we'll we'll root for them to to win the championship. We are polite to a fault, aren't we? 
yeah, us, no we Canadians. This game either. It's not. It's not like anybody's turning on this game. Oh man, I just got to see what uh, uh, you know the great star is going to do. I've got to see what Johnny Rogers is going to do. I got to see what uh, what uh, uh, Rocket Ismail is going to do. We don't have star power in the players. The teams are everything, and and the logos, the crest, and the chest type of thing is everything uh, for people in the CFL. Well, I'm heartened by I'm heartened by what you tell me here because. I think a great deal was lost uh, when the World Series just became another television event. But what you're telling me is that this still breeds a sense of community, this this Grey Cup. Maybe not as strong as it once did, but f- underneath here, the subtext here is that it's pretty darn strong. Eh? Yep. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing is, Terry, that in the old days when I was growing up, we only ever had Grey Cups in Vancouver or Toronto. And that was because of the weather. But at a certain point, they decided that they were going to have Grey Cups in other cities. And now every city gets a kick at the can. And, and they say, doesn't matter what the weather is, we're going to play the game. And I think that, that was a really positive thing for the league, uh, that it wasn't always just a, you know, a trip to Toronto, a trip to Vancouver, uh, to play in a place where it was probably rainy and, and, and cool at that time of the year. Uh, you know, we're going to have, there's going to be snow around the stadium on Sunday, but the temperatures are going to be five or six degrees this weekend. It'll be mild, so it'll be a good field. But it, but again, it's organic. It'll be outdoors. And it'll be it'll be winter time. And the CFL, God bless them, uh, for for playing the games outside and and, and doing it that way all, all the time. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Okay. I'll be watching. <laughs>